everyone welcome to episode 47 of the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fontis back after a week off with eric sanchez eric's back after like two and a half three weeks off what's up yeah, buddy? about three weeks uh, just a lot of wrestling at wrestlemania weekend got the hall of fame and all the indie stuff hillbilly jim is still talking probably He's still going about yeah. his, his thing <laughs> it's all about opportunity i was at <laughs> wrestlemania weekend guys we'll talk about that and just some stuff i did a little quick recap on it uh, talk about some of the awesome people I met out there who recognized me through Twitter and the show and other pe- other podcasts I ran into. It was a lot of fun. You could follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. If this is your first time listening, please follow us there and send tweets and comments and conversation. It's a lot of fun. Positively Processing Podcast. Search for us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from if you're an Android user. If you want to support the show, you can head to whatanamaneuver.net. That's whatamaneuver.net, and search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can pick up the T-shirt there. I was wearing my never, I Never Complain Online shirt at WrestleCon on Friday. Got a handful of compliments, and I kind of felt like a little bit of like a dork. Like, oh, what is that? I'm like, oh, my podcast. Like, you know. But hey, I don't the, feel like a dork. All the wrestlers are wearing their own shirts, so I can wear my own shirt. Yeah, right. Probably. And what else? Oh, yeah, if you want to send us a note, an audio question, or a long comment, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, Podcast at gmail.com. And we will play a clip if you send it or read an email on the air. This week's show, I did a Twitter poll, and we had, it was the choices were what what, what won, or we had best. Whoa, whoa, what did you say? What, what, what? Yeah, right. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> the, the choices were what actually won, which okay. we'll get to here in a second. <laughs> hey, I've had a couple weeks off. Give me a break. You know, you're, you're making fun of me as I, as I do this stuff. That's because you're wearing your own shirt at uh, WrestleCon. Yeah, I guess. Anyway. The choices were favorite title matches, the best of Nitro, uh, favorite NXT matches, or the winner, which was WCW Clash of the Champions. Clash of the Champions won with 35% of the vote. Uh, Nitro came in second with 25, NXT came in third, and title matches came in fourth. Pretty close, but for the most part, Clash kind of took over. I'm kind of glad it won because I was looking forward to doing this. Yeah. The Clash matches, which we'll get into a little bit more detail, were fun because most of them aren't super long, so they're kind of easy to get through because they're short hour-and-a-half shows. We didn't watch every Clash, by the way, guys. There was a ton of them. We didn't watch all of them. We didn't break down every show. Sometimes we just just watched matches. And I know you watched a handful. Yeah. I watched a bunch. Maybe if we did, like, Clash of the Champions 26, then we could just go through that show. Yeah, a specific show. But I think this is just, maybe we'll do that in the future, but this was fun just to do as a general show. And we'll we'll get into some of the themes and and, and all that stuff and why Clash was fun for me when I was a kid. And if you watched it all when you were a kid, if you remember watching any of them, probably because it was free on TV, so it was huge for us. (laughs) Right. So WrestleMania weekend. I'll 
talk a little bit about my experience there and who I get to meet and who I get to interact with. And I'm curious what you thought of the shows watching from home. There was a post I was watching it live. Because I was noticing a big difference from people at home versus my kind of point of view. So I got into town on Thursday afternoon. And when I was at the airport, it seemed like that was the time when a lot of wrestlers were coming there. And I must have been because all the autograph hounds were there with their stacks 8x10s, which was kind of shady. At the airport? Yeah. Uh, Baron Corbin was not – no, not, he met Baron Corbin later on Bourbon Street. But we had the guys from the Ascension, Jim Neidhart, Randy Orton was there, Kevin Nash was in the airport. Uh, who else was in there? A bunch of just – it seemed like a bunch of NXT guys were in there. Some of the girls were there. And I was just kind of like waiting for my stuff and bouncing out of there. Yeah. Randy Orton was not signing for anybody. He's like – kind of like head down, hat off, and just moving, which is fine because you sign for one person, you sign for everybody, which would have taken forever. Yeah. We get to our Airbnb place, which was in a really cool part of New Orleans. Went out to Bourbon Street that night, which was a ton of fun. And this was fun because not everyone was in town yet, so it wasn't super crazy crowded, but there's still tons of wrestling fans everywhere. Saw Baron Corbin on Bourbon Street. Xavier Woods was out there. A couple indie wrestlers I recognized were out there. And I was out to like 3, 4 in the morning. It was kind of a blur at that point. I saw Delilah Doom and Eli Everfly, but I was pretty smashed. And they were, and I was going to like say what's up. And I, they they might not have been. They just looked like they were a really good time. Yeah. And I was like, what am I going to go slop really talk to them? I'm like, I'm good. So I just sent her like a tweet on Twitter. I'm like, hey, where are you? Like we were kind of, her and I were kind of talking on Twitter. Yeah. And she was like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm like, all right. And I was just like, ah, eh, whatever. I'm going back to my room. Uh we also went to the Superstore, which was a great place to spend money if you want to. They've had all the title belts. They had T-shirts. Was this just exclusively um, WWE? Superstore? Yes, the okay. WWE Superstore. Figures, Funko Pops. I almost picked up the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 12 Funko because I had that there. It's mm-hmm. not out in the stores yet, but I didn't. So it was 15 bucks, and I've got a pre-order on Amazon for 9 I'm like, I can wait a few months for yeah, a month for, for that. I don't need it right now. Right. It is a good-looking Funko Pop, though, if you're a collector. It's a good, yeah. it's a good-looking Funko. They also had... A bunch of MASH exclusive shirts. It would kind of suck because the prices are 35 bucks a t-shirt now in the store. And I was with my buddy. He's like, you know, buy anything? I'm like, no, these are only going to be on clearance in like a week. Like, now you get shirts yeah. for 40% off. Right. <laughs> and I was kind of pissed because every year I buy my dad a hat, like a WrestleMania ball cap. And one of them I bought was 25 bucks. I'm like, that's not too bad for a hat. That's like kind of how much hat costs at the mall. Mm-hmm. Last Friday was $5 Friday. So that hat was freaking $5 in WP Yeah. <laughs> but oh well. That's all right. Yeah, it is all right. But I still picked up some, a few things. Picked up a program, a, a cup, a bear for a penny. I picked her up a Charlotte autograph. Picked up, I almost bought the Austin mini belt, but I was looking at it because I wanted to get Austin to sign it when I met him on that Sunday. How big is the mini belt? It's like 12 inches okay. long. All right. It's it's a pretty, I held it. Like, they're, they're pretty nice. They're 50 bucks. I was like, these are on sale all the time. I get them for like 35. Yeah. You know, retail's for suckers. You don't pay full price. <laughs> That's right. Um, didn't pick up any t-shirts or anything. I got Penny like a little WrestleMania shirt, but nothing crazy. I have enough wrestling shirts as it is. Mm-hmm. I ended up buying one shirt at WrestleCon. I bought the New Japan Line Mark baseball style tee there, which was 20 bucks, which is fair. That's yeah, like, 20 bucks is a good price. It's cheaper than wrestling tees after shipping and all that. Yeah. So WrestleCon, Friday. <sighs> I've never been to WrestleCon before, but from what I understand, this one was like the most poorly run one because of how crazy cramped it was. It was on the fifth floor of the Sheridan Hotel. So there's two elevators or three elevators going all the way up. So there's all these wrestling fans climbing, cramming in elevators. And then like the bullpen area before the ballroom, which is where WrestleCon was, there's just a big mass of people, like six or seven lines. No one knows what to do. So we're all just kind of standing there. So is WrestleCon like a vendor show with the wrestling ring or is it just a wrestling WrestleCon ring with, is with, with a, chairs for fans? WrestleCon is a ballroom 
and then there's booths of tables, think, like literally right next to their table, table, table of wrestlers. So Mick Foley, Animal Hawk, Young okay. Bucks, like just Colt Cabana, you know, Honky Tuck Man, Bruce Beefcake. Just and there's there was four rows of it. The reason this one was so crazy was because it was in a smaller room, mm-hmm. and on Friday the air conditioning wasn't working. Oh wow! It was insanely hot, like incredibly hot. It was people were just drenched in sweat, which was hilarious. <laughs> I got a funny story about that in a second. So we eventually finally get him. We get to the Bret Hart line because I had my Bret Hart turnbuckle. He was like one of the guys I pre like, I have to meet Bret Hart. And I was in line for him, and all of a sudden, our line and the Kenny Omega line is kind of clashing because WrestleCon, in their infinite wisdom, put all the biggest guys in one part of the room. So there's Bret Hart, Kenny Omega, uh, Mick Foley, uh, Shawn Michaels, Trish and Lita, all in one kind of area. It was insane. Yeah. Bret Hart was on time. Found out a lot of wrestlers weren't on time. Omega was two hours late. It turns out he blamed it on a bush. He said he or he overslept. I guess they were sharing rumors on that he overslept. Uh-huh. So we meet Bret Hart. I got up there. I met KB from KB Wrestling Reviews in line. I said, hey, what's up? I let him cut. So good. <laughs> he, he gave me a shout out on his page because he was like 150 people back in line. We were like sixth in line. Yeah. I'm like, because it was kind of wrapping back and forth. I was like, come on over. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, just, just who cares? In line. There's a, <laughs> Everybody in front of him cared. <laughs> yeah, right. In line, was, there was a guy in front of me, and he was. we were kind of talking. Mm-hmm. And wrestling fans can be weird, just like any fans can be weird. So this guy and me are talking. He was like, he said something, you know, oh, I, I do an Instagram page where I tell people how to say wrestling things in Korean. He's like, I'm South Korean. And he had a little bit of an accent. I was like, oh, are you from Korea? He goes, yes. I'm like, do you live there? He's like, no, I live in Chicago now. I was like, oh, cool. I'm from Chicago. I asked him, like, where are you from? He's like, the Gold Coast, which is like the northern, kind of north part of the city. Yeah. And I go, oh, I'm from, I, I used to live in Bridgeport in the south side. And he just stops, stares at me and goes, the only south I support is Korea. And I was like, oh, my God, this is super awkward. <laughs> Not even joking, right? No. And then, and then he gets a text message alert from Chase that says, attention, funds low. And he goes, bitch, it's WrestleMania season. Uh, put funds back in. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> so eventually, we go for meet Bret Hart. I I, I told him the so story. That's the last thing you said to him, or he said to you. I did. I kind of tried to end the conversation. <laughs> that's when I saw KB, and I was like, "All right, let's get the hell out of here." So this then, guy sucks. I mean, what am I going to say to you about that, right? Okay. I. But that being said, everyone else I met during WrestleMania was super mm-hmm. awesome. You know, during the week, I got too sweeted because I had my Young Buck shirt on Thursday at Ron uh, Bourbon. Too sweeted a million times. Yeah. My buddy's like, you know these guys? I'm like, nope. Just like, too sweet. Like, too sweet. What's up? Yeah. Uh, just didn't know. Just complete strangers. Everyone was super cool. And then everyone was just going up to everyone saying, hey, it's Rusev Day. Happy Rusev Day to you. And all that stuff it was fun. Mm-hmm. Then we meet Bret Hart. Uh, I was one of the first people, first five or six people to, not five or six, maybe 20 to meet him. And he was super cool. I told him the story about how he was my favorite wrestler in 92 and how important he was to me and blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me in the eye and said, I really appreciate you saying that. That's awesome. And he talked to me for like a couple seconds. And I pointed the turnbuckle. I said, look, I'm going to get Austin to sign this and Ken Shamrock. I'm like, so I'm going to have the three of you on one item for the greatest match. And he goes, you know, that's awesome. He's like, I talk about that match all the time. And he took his time with me, which was pretty sweet. He has an awesome signature, big, bright signature took me forever to find a pink paint pen that worked i found a pink fabric pen on dark colors that worked it pops like crazy he was awesome to me then my buddy wanted to meet kevin nash for his brother his brother's name is zach my brother my friend's name is tony He goes up to kevin nash to get a signature he goes you know kevin nash who's i making this out to and he says zach he goes nice to meet you zach goes actually it's from my brother 
you were his favorite wrestler growing up, and Kevin looks at him, what do you think, I sucked? <laughs> he goes, no, actually, when we were kids, I always played Scott Hall. He was Kevin Nash, and he kind of laughs and chuckled yeah. at it. Well, that's uh, cool. Yeah, and then Mean Gene was next to him signing. And, <laughs> and this, the, I don't know why. I just love to mention <laughs> I just love to mention of Mean Gene. Yeah, so he was in a great mood signing stuff. Yeah. Funniest part of Mean Gene was he every, every wrestler has like 8x10s you can not buy, but if you buy an autograph on everything to sign, you can use an 8x10. So Mean Gene had like HP printer paper quality printouts yeah. of a screenshot from the WWE Network when he was interviewing Donald Trump at WrestleMania. It's still, <laughs> it's even got the WWE watermark in the in the back in the background. Yeah. So that was funny. I didn't meet Mean Gene. Uh, we went over, met Ken Shamrock. I talked to him for a little bit about the match, and he has a kind of a crappy signature, which is whatever. And I ran into someone else I knew from Twitter, uh, Hassan, and you can follow his YouTube channel, uh, the Slakester TV, where he does day in the life blogs about that. We were talking for a little bit. And he was like telling about the Ken Shamrock signature. He's like, yeah, I know, because he's getting figures signed. He's like, it's so small. And he's like, I wanted to ask him to write, could you write World's Most Dangerous Man? I'm like, but I'm like, man, this guy's going to charge me to write that shit. I'm like, yeah. whatever, just sign it. Ken Shamrock was cool. Then we ended up going to meet, who else? We just kind of walked around a little bit to see who else was in line, looked at some of the vendor stuff. They had a lot of figures there, and I'll talk about that. I went back on Sunday to get more. That was cool because the prices weren't crazy outrageous. Ringside was there, had underpriced. They had elites for 10 bucks. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, they had, but nothing I really needed. Some vendors were a little overpriced, but they were willing to negotiate mm -hmm. with you. There was one that had two wrestling buddies, Warrior and Hogan, in their box for 300 bucks each. My buddy's like, is that fair? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess. For wrestling buddies in box, that's pretty, pretty I guess, fair for them. 300 each? Yeah. You know, oh. I don't know. I wouldn't pay it. No. But. But whatever. Then I'm in line to meet Mick Foley because I want to give him some of my King of the Ring. Mick Foley was in line. It was kind of wrapped around the corner. So Kenny Omega's booth was across from Mick Foley's table. Next to Mick Foley was Road Warrior Animal. Next to Road Warrior Animal was Larry Zbysko. Keep in mind, it's really, really hot in this place. Like, it's starting to bake because more people are coming in. It's getting tighter and tighter space. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there, and Larry Sabisco was just like, look, I was just talking to Larry Sabisco for a minute, you know. The living legend. I almost wanted you. to get a picture with him just because, well, we got 20 bucks. No, thanks. Um, <laughs> we're talking for a little bit, and yeah. he's just like, it's so fucking hot in here. I'm like, yeah, I know. And then Animal kind of butts in our conversation, and he starts talking to Larry. And Larry's like, Animal's like, yeah, you know, i got a podcast now. Like, talking to Larry about his Oh, What a Rush podcast. And Larry's like, Larry looks at him, he goes, everybody's got a fucking podcast. <laughs> so Larry's a go burn animal. Yeah, and you. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to recruit him to come on my show like Animal was. Oh, that's what Animal was yeah, trying to do? Yeah, he was trying to get him to come on. Uh, and then I was like, no, we talk about all the old stories. Talk about you and Bruno. Larry's like, eh. he kind of like waved his hand at him. He's like, yeah. well, just call me. We'll figure it out. And then Larry just go, looks at me, he goes, I'm fucking out of here. It's too hot. He gets up and just leaves his table. <laughs> He's a good interview, though. Yeah, he is. I think is. he was on a cult, and it was such a good yeah. interview. Yeah, he is. Uh, and then we're, I, I, went, I get around the corner from Mick Foley, and Mick Foley's kind of looking at me while someone in front of me was getting like a – he got like the VIP package, so he got like a bunch of stuff to get signed. Mm -hmm. And Mick Foley looks at me, and he goes, do you think anybody would judge me if I rolled my sweatpants up? And I said, <laughs> I don't think so, man. He goes, all right. So he rolled his sweatpants up <laughs> into shorts because he was sweating so hard. Uh, he signed my photo. He signed my tape, and he's asking where I'm from, like Chicago. He's like, "Oh, you coming to the, the the kickoff show, the the tour?" I was like, "Yeah, maybe." I didn't end up going. Um, he's like, "Yeah, it's." He's like, "If you don't, no big deal. The first show is always the worst." I'm like, "All right." 
<laughs> I'll see you in, uh, you know, yeah. Des Plaines or something. Right, exactly. Or Des Moines. Uh, so we got out of there. We were at Pratt Wrestling Compound from about 9 to like 1230 or so. It just got too intense like with the amount of people in there. It was just nuts. Then we, we got out of there. We went, just chilled out for that night, went to Bourbon Street, all that stuff. Saturday, we, or actually, no, let me take that back. So Friday, we also met up with the Fully Posable guys. So they had a little meet and greet at the House of Blues. So the guys from the Fully Posable podcast, Scott and Jeff, awesome guys. Definitely check out their show if you're a figure collector at all. <clears throat> they had some stuff from Ringside Collectibles, gave them to give away to us. I won the NXT Elite Ring set. So I've got that set up now. I tweeted it out. Is that just the apron? It's the apron, the ropes, the turnbuckles, the skirt. Oh, okay. It's the whole deal. So okay. it's pretty sweet. They so I won that, and they were super awesome guys. Just everybody there in the in their fig life community, the other guys on Twitter were there. It's super cool to meet them, and and now we all got we've all got buddies. And I was talking to Jeff, and I was from the fully poles one. He's like thinking about coming to All In. I'm like, you should definitely come. And I was kind of telling him about it. And like, just so you know, all ends in Hoffman. It's not in Chicago. Like, it's about an hour, a half hour, 40 minutes north of the city. He's like, well, is it a good neighborhood? I'm like, it's Hoffman. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, every suburb north of the city, you're going to be fine. Like, because he's kind of worried about yeah. neighborhoods. And I was just telling him, like, don't worry about it. And I told him if he comes, I'll get him some pizza somewhere. Because he's like, I want to go to Giordano's. I'm like, that's okay. we got to go to, like, a better place. So if they come... Come on, we can come say That's hello. That's kind of the go-to place for out-of-towners. Yeah. Giordano's. Well, I called him. I said, you should go to Luminati's. He goes, Luminati's? Luma, <laughs> I'm like, Luminati's. So yeah. I think that's the deep dish place. Went to the Ring of Honor show that night. Sold out arena, 6,000 people. Really fun time to be there. The show was a little too long. I'm not going to do a whole recap on that. I liked the show a lot. The only mistake they made was not having Cody versus Kenny Omega main event. There's a couple reasons for that, I'm sure, because one, the finish of the match wasn't exactly a happy ending, mm-hmm. and two, maybe they wanted to make the title seem important. I don't know. Either well, way, back at home, a lot of people were complaining because they signed up for the Honor Club. Right, there was right. a huge problem with the stream. Like, they weren't getting it. They're like, oh, well, we wasted our money. We paid 40 bucks for this and blah, blah, blah. And all they're doing is giving us gift cards <laughs> to, to buy Ring of Honor stuff. You know, people were just complaining about it. Well, that's it's cool that they had that many people that wanted to see it, but yeah. still, that sucks. yeah. Uh, but, but at the same time, there's other things. Say that, like the WWE Network, when it first came out, it was a oh, lot yeah. of glitching and problems. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, people were bitching about it too. So, you know, I feel for them. Maybe they, I don't know. It's just that's just a, a bad run right there. <laughs> starting off with that. Yeah, I I don't know what they could have done to prevent that. I mean, you unless done like a throttle test. But either way, it sucks for those people. Hopefully, they got at least the on-demand version of it right away, right after yeah. you watch it. Uh, I didn't see the NXT show until the next day. Heard it was amazing. It was amazing. What do you think of the NXT show? Did you watch it live or like on demand later? Um, I watched it about an hour behind. Um, I thought it was great. I thought the well, the last match was obviously you know the match of the night, sure. the Gargano and uh, Ciampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world title match I thought was really good. Um, the sixth man I thought was awesome. The ladder match for the North American title NXT. That was a phenomenal match. I loved it. It's probably my favorite match of the night. Mm-hmm. Gargano and Ciampa, I think, is also really great, but unsanctioned versus, you know, right. sanctioned match. Those are my top two for the night. Mm-hmm. I love that North American belt. Oh, yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit old school. It's got a little uh, mm-hmm. NXT flair to it. Yeah, they need that on the shop right now. Let's, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe they didn't have it for sale at the Superstore. People would have been buying the hell out of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like the show a lot. 
the Hall of Fame ceremony, I watched the Saturday morning, and like we were kind of watching it back at our room, and Hillbilly Jim started talking. I'm like, I'm going to go take a shower. I got dressed, took a shower. He was still talking. Yeah. I fast-forwarded. After about 20 minutes, I started fast-forwarding. I fast-forwarded maybe 10 more minutes, and he was still talking. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. I thought the Dudley speech was good. Yeah. I, Dudley's, I put my Mark Henry shirt on because he was the one yeah. I was looking forward to the most. I loved his speech. He just loves crying. Him, who cries more? Mark Henry, Mark Henry, Rick Flair, or Sasha Banks? Or Big Show. Or the Big Show. <laughs> who cries the most? I don't know. Mark Henry is just so endearing to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, just, I don't know. I just like him. Yeah. I liked him. I liked his speech. I liked. I only saw part of Goldberg's speech, mm-hmm. and I kind of felt bad. I saw the pictures online. Everybody left. Yeah. And then I was reading how he left last year early. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, that's karma. Because <laughs> I guess he bailed because people were booing him last year. So he got up and left in the middle of it. He seems like a sensitive guy. He is. Well, I'm sure he is. I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> But with the Bark Henry speech, I loved how they did the throwback to his retirement, like with the, uh, four years ago. Yeah, the salmon the, jacket. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Then we had Sunday, which was WrestleMania Day. I had the Stone Cold Steve Austin meet and greet mm-hmm. at WrestleCon that day. So I got to WrestleCon a little early, and I walked around a little bit. It was way, way chill there. There wasn't as many people. The AC was working. We could walk around. Met so a few where, people. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Where were the matches, like? That was at a, it was a different place. So, but was the, it under the banner of WrestleCon? Yes. Yeah, so WrestleCon, it was at the Sugar Mill, which was across the street from the convention center. Okay. And WrestleCon was at the Sheridan Hotel. The the Access and the Superstore were at the convention center. So the the Sugar Mill is a completely different venue than I WrestleCon. Gotcha. All right. Uh, WrestleCon had a bunch of a bunch of stuff, but their matches were not at the. Sheridan. It would have been possible to have it there. Funny thing, too, was the floor below the WrestleCon convention was the Mary Kay convention. <laughs> so it was a nice little hodgepodge yeah. of people. When I was leaving one of the days, like the guys were asking their fans with their belts, could I take a picture with that belt? I was like, start charging these assholes. They're rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 20 bucks a picture. Right. Go upstairs, photo ops. <laughs> so when I was at the WrestleCon Sunday to kind of kill time, ran to Hassan again. We were talking about figures a little bit. I made a deal with one of the vendors. They had a uh, is he here? Here he is. So this hacksaw, this basic hacksaw with the painted USA face from SummerSlam, I always wanted it, but I never bought it. Yeah. And I was like, eh, I just I don't know. So I picked him up at, at WrestleCon. They wanted 15 for him. I'm like, I'll give you 10. And Or no, they want, yeah, they wanted 15. I told him I'd give him 10. They're like, no, we can't do it. So I kind of made a deal. I bought a loose Hasbro Ultimate Warrior and this one for 20 bucks total. They wanted... I think 15 for the Warrior. I'll give you 20 for both of these. So made a yeah. deal. Retails for suckers. So I got my hacksaw. <laughs> I, like, I like your uh, your your speech. You're just like, I'll give you 10. And they're yeah. like, no. You're like, whatever. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not, and like, like, it's the last day. I know you don't want to haul this all this shit yeah. back. This was in package, too. I popped open the package. I didn't nice. care. But yeah. Brand new hacksaw. Oh. And I picked up the Warrior, the Hasbro Warrior. There was Series 1 Hasbro Warrior I picked up. Because I had him before and I lost him. So I was happy to get him back. Oh, from the original series? Yes, the Hasbro. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I was pretty pumped to get it. He was not in package. He was in a little plastic bag, but that's I don't need that. Yeah, exactly. Their prices are pretty fair for the most part in Hasbro's. Then we had my buddy met Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw was selling two-by-fours, and he was customized, like mini two-by-fours. Mm-hmm. He got one for his son. Hacksaw was super nice. Then we met, he met Allie, my buddy met, met Allie Impact, because he wanted to get an autograph of a girl wrestler for his two daughters. 
and he was kind of looking. He's like, the problem with all these pictures, so these girls are selling like eight by tens of them half naked. Like I can't yeah. buy that for my kid. Ali Impact was there, gorgeous in person, by the way, super nice. Had like a picture of her holding the belt. Only charging I think ten or fifteen bucks for photos and pictures, which was cool. She customized like girls are awesome sauce to them. Rosemary was there, and I I know her obviously from TNA, but a lot from the Rise shows we've been to. Yeah. And I talked to her a little bit about that, and she was like, oh, I love those stories. She goes, it's fun working with the younger girls. She's telling me all about it. She's also, like, pretty stunning-looking in person, like Rosemary is. She had, like, half the makeup on, but her hair was pulled back and all that. Mm-hmm. Here, though, she was super nice. I was telling her, I'm like, well, you signed a picture for my daughter. I'm like, what's your least scary photo you have? She's like, yeah, they're all pretty scary. So she signed the one. And yeah, she seems like a really cool chick. Yeah, she was cool. And then we had the Stone Cold meetup. This is a couple funny stories here. So... The Stone Cold thing had blocks. There was 9 to 11, 11 to 1, and 1 to 3. I was the 1 to 3 block. The pro photo ops ran long because I think they oversold them, which is whatever. So our session is supposed to start at 1. We're lined up at about 12, 15. It was lined up pretty well. And the other good thing was Austin was in a completely different area than the WrestleCon area. And they had, you know, the the bank ropes in between everything, you know, when you go to the bank, you yeah. walk, zigzag. So we were pretty, probably about 60 people back in line. And the guy comes out and he tells like, hey, photo ops are running late, but if you're in line, you will need Stone Cold. He will be here, blah, blah, blah. And this one guy next to us, who's I think from Scotland, and his dad were freaking out. The guy's like, well, I, I got to get to WrestleMania. We, we can't miss the Cruiserweights match. He goes, the Cruiserweights are the best, going to be the best match in the card. And I was like, I don't know about that, buddy. So he's freaking out. That was a pretty out. good match. <laughs> he was okay. We'll give it a B plus. <laughs> <laughs> so he's freaking out. The Cruiserweights, the Cruiserweights. And people at this point are kind of sitting on the floor. because yeah. to wait time. And the guy comes in and goes, hey, listen, Stone Cold's done with the photo. And by this time, it's a little past 1, like one thirty ish And we're supposed to start at 1. Stone Cold's done. He hasn't eaten all day. He's going to go have lunch. He's going to come right back down. <laughs> Everyone's like, okay, understandable. Yeah. And this guy, he goes, if you want to leave and go to WrestleMania, we will refund you. This guy gets up. Come on, Dad. Grabs his dad, who's like 70 years old, and starts kicking people's shit over as he's running through the line. Like, i got to see the Cruiserweights. But the Cruiserweights isn't until like five or six. He, he, did, he didn't know. <laughs> okay. Could have opened the show. He didn't want to risk it. So then my buddy's in the bathroom when all this is going on. And he tells me what happens. He goes, oh, he's like, he's like, you know that guy we shot about the cruise rates? I'm like, yeah. He goes, so we're in line for the bathroom. Uh-huh. There's the stall line and the urinal line. And there's a little bit of a line there. And he goes, the guy was cutting in front of people in the urinals, just pisses, and his dad's in the stall. And, the da- and he finishes pee, and he starts knocking on this door. He goes, Dad, just shit your pants. We got to go. Let's <laughs> <laughs> down the door. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> So they they eventually run out and they got to the cruiserweights. Here's yeah. the part that sucks. About three hours early. <laughs> so the, we were behind this guy in yeah. line. We met Stone Cold, got our stuff, let our paint pens dry, chilled out, went back to our room, chilled out, and still got to WrestleMania right when the first match started, the Andres thing starts. Okay. We got there in plenty of time. Yeah. So poor guy. Uh, what yeah, do you I do? mean, when you don't know, you don't know. I it could have been another hour. So meeting Stone Cold, I want to thank Hassan because he convinced me to get a photo with him. He goes, look, he's like, I'm going to get two autographs. He's like, just get, get the photo, man. I'm like, well, if he's standing, I'll get a photo. And sure enough, Austin was standing mm-hmm. and being super friendly to everybody. How you doing, son? And I, I couldn't stop laughing as soon as he came up there because he's just like, 
it's stone cold, you right. know? Yeah. So I give him the turnbuckle, and I tell him, like, you know, he's like, oh, is that the Hitman on there? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're the last one. It's going to be awesome. Oh, sweet. And he's like, where y'all from? I'm like, Chicago. I was like, love that damn town. <laughs> and then, he uh, loves Rosemont. Yeah. <laughs> so we do the thing. Like, I just, like, have this big smile on my face. You've seen it on Twitter or yeah. whatever. And I'm, because I, I was laughing. And uh, Lord, my wife goes, you didn't smile that much in our wedding pictures. <laughs> She's got a point. <laughs> uh, and then before we get up there, they were like, look, Stone Cold's really late, no customization, sorry, blah, 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 which, whatever. So my buddy Tony comes up, and he got a couple things signed. He got a Stone Cold jersey, a football jersey, and a bedpan, a silver <laughs> bedpan. Oh, okay. So Austin, so he comes up, and gives Austin goes, what the hell is this? This isn't used, is it? God damn, I haven't seen this since Vince McMahon. Yeah. He loved it. He signed it, Stone Cold, and my buddy walks with, hey, get back here. He grabs the thing back, writes, oh, hell yeah, on the thing. He loved that bedpan. I tweeted it to Austin. Austin retweeted it. He doesn't retweet anybody. He retweeted yeah. that picture. And like, it would be got, cool if he got a picture of Stone Cold hitting him in the head. With right, him. right. Um, but it was it was a ton of fun meeting Stone Cold. We got to WrestleMania. I'm not, we're already half an hour and I haven't started our show topic yet, but that's okay. This has been fun reliving the we'll, stories. We'll do uh, Starcade next week. <laughs> yeah, it's Clash of the Champions next <laughs> that's week. That's right. Clash of the Champions. <laughs> Maybe. I don't have a ton of talk about the Clash. This is perfect. Um, <laughs> so, I can get more, some more watch time in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so WrestleMania was fun. We had really good seats. We were like the 40 yard line right behind the risers and like the second row there. Awesome view of the show. I didn't think the show dragged at all. I know people talked about how much they dragged. To me, it didn't at all. The only match I thought was, I guess, boring would have been that uh, tag match with the Usos, New Day, and the Budgie Brothers. Yeah, that's really the only match I didn't really get into. Everything I was else kind of, that, kind of so. went well. Um, Time-wise, even if it was 20, 25 minutes, everything kind of flowed right. Mm-hmm. All the matches I thought were really good except for the tag match. Mm-hmm. Um, even the Nia Jax-Alexa Bliss match. I liked that match. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Everything had, had a little build-up to it, had a nice payoff. Um, some swerves in there at sure. the ends, but I don't know. I, I thought it was a really good show. It's super long, but I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the Ronda Rousey match was the best match of the night, except for, we you know, the the triple threat match to open the show was awesome, too, you know? Yeah. But the Rousey match, I don't know. Like, if, if you're going to open up WrestleMania with those three guys yeah. and those entrances, like, I loved uh, the, the Night King, Seth mm-hmm. Rollins, or mm-hmm. White Walker, whatever the hell he was. I thought that was awesome with the contacts. I mean, when yep. you're watching on TV, you're getting a lot of close-ups, so it looks a lot cooler. Yeah. Um, yeah, just that that first match I thought was awesome. Set mm-hmm. the tone for the whole night. For sure. The the burn it down shout, the crowd did yeah. was pretty awesome. Were you part of that? Yeah. Burn it down. I see, I tweeted you a picture. I was on TV a couple of times. There was one. Oh, I didn't see it. Uh, I'll send it to you. There was during the Kurt Angle's entrance, and I'm saying, you suck. And I think mm-hmm. they showed it on me because I had my red, white, and blue Rex Luger shirt on. Yeah. Uh, but it's like right on me going, you suck. And the other thing that was cool with the entrances and everything, the Finn Balor stuff, the Balor Club for Everyone was cool. And my buddy who came with me, he's not a big wrestling fan, I was like, watch Finn Balor's entrance to the lights. It's really cool. Yeah. And he had about, a about a minute before it, I'm like, I didn't even think about it, but I was I was saying to my, my dad, I said, I wonder if he's going to come out as the demon because the thought never crossed my mind right. until then. And, and then I was looking at reviews and uh, thoughts on the show afterwards. And everybody was pissed that he come out didn't come out as the demon online. I'm like, well, I didn't even really even think about it until yeah. you know a minute before he came out. The Ronda Rousey match. I don't know if you could tell watching on TV, but everyone was sta- almost, the entire lower level most was standing the entire time that match yeah. it was like the perfectly booked tag match they did the old school thing where they they try to they they do the fake tag the fake hot tag and they finally get it yeah. 
They did a couple false finishes. There was a couple times I'm like, I cannot believe they're going to Triple H is going to freaking win this. I thought that a couple times. Yeah, I didn't really get into it until the last two or three minutes when Ronda started just yeah. firing up on everybody. Right. But it was kind of slow to me and maybe a little bit predictable. Okay. But I wasn't sure what Ronda, well, Ronda was going to do, and I thought they were just kind of put it together to get the match out of the way. I don't know. I liked it a lot. That's it's interesting. A lot of people loved it, and maybe it was just being there and the anticipation of seeing how Ronda's going to be. Yeah. You know, and she was way well, better than Well, that was my thought. whole thought the whole match until she finally got in and started, you know, laying it in. Mm-hmm. She did great, so good for her. Yeah. The main event that everybody hated, the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns, the crowd didn't want to watch the match to begin with. Like, what was it like for you watching on TV? It was dead. The crowd wasn't into it. Um, they, I, I I thought it was okay. It was it, it was fine. Yeah. Like, I was sitting kind of watching it, and the crowd just decided before these guys came out, th- this match is going to suck. Like, there was no reactions. Like, Lesnar, you know, doing big moves. Reigns doing big moves. There was no, like, boo, yay, nothing mm-hmm. like that. It was just... It was just boo, boo. And then cricket, cricket. <laughs> they uh, when I rewatched a little bit in the network, they mixed the audio a lot because uh-huh. it was way more booze than they sound. The whole match was just booze, and there was like twelve beach balls running around, yeah. and it was people booing the ushers for taking him away, cheering them when a new came out. Do you think it was out. because of the match itself, or that it was just way too long and it was too late? It's because bored. it's because everybody thought they knew the ending, which it, like Roman's going to kick out of a bunch of finishers and win. That obviously swerved everyone with the shock. Mm-hmm. But even when Roman was bleeding, everyone's like, eh. Like, that should have been like, oh, my God. Should have like, been, yeah. I don't know. I, I, for me, it was fine. It was, you know, three out of five. It was a fine match. It was okay. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just I, they, nobody wants Roman to be the guy. <laughs> and it sucks because I think Roman's a really good wrestler, and he could be good and entertaining. But they've got him in this character where people just aren't going towards him. Yeah. Kids are a little bit. I'll give them that. But people just are just like, no, this is not our guy. So I don't know what they're going to do. We'll see. Maybe they're in the process of breaking up with them. Maybe. You know, you got a good relationship. Half of it is, you know, you getting out. <laughs> no, because at the end, they focused on boo-boo face Reigns and him, like, all beat up, looking for sympathy yeah. again, and he didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I don't, I'm not giving up. I don't think he's done type of thing. I think there's still a chance because I like watching Roman's matches for the most part. I think his character is what it is, but I like watching him. Uh, then there's other stuff to talk about the Nakamura Styles match. I think people were shitting on it. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a great match. Yeah, it was good. You know, I don't. Know I, what think, I think were if you're not really a wrestle uh, WWE, I think if you're strictly just a WWE type wrestling guy, I don't think you'd really like it. But if you're familiar with, I don't know, Styles and the history between the two, New Japan. And just Nakamura and AJ in, in general, their history, I thought it was a really good match for it. My dad wasn't into it. He left. <laughs> <laughs> the I love the style, the new Nakamura. Even on SmackDown last oh, yeah. week, I love him. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm so sorry. Winks at Renee. He's like, and then the, need no speak English. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I think if he, he would be that charismatic, you know, mm-hmm. coming in, everything would be Nakamura. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this feud with, with Styles and Nakamura mm-hmm. continuing. So that was WrestleMania. I didn't go to the Raw. I hit the airport that morning, that Monday morning, and headed home. So that was WrestleMania. I liked WrestleMania a lot. I, I gave it a four and a half out of five stars. I was also a guest on the Ringside podcast oh, right yeah. after WrestleMania. So if you want to check that out, I ran into Daniel Spencer from the Ringside podcast. So make sure you're following them on Twitter at Ringside Podcast. We've been friends with them on for Twitter for a while. 
finally got it done. He was with his buddy, Clint, I think. Yeah, his name was Clint. And we recorded a podcast in his hotel room. He brought all his stuff and we recorded. It was awesome. So right, like right an hour after meeting, we did like our live reaction. So it was, if you want more detailed thoughts, match per match, check out Ringside Podcast on Twitter and they're on iTunes and all that other fun stuff. Okay. Half hour in, we're ready for our show all topic. Right. Uh, see you next week. Clash of the Champions. Clash of the Champions. The reason I want to do this show was because when I was a kid, in let's say 92, 93, 94, this was, I was not a WCW fan, but I thought this was basically a pay-per-view for free. Yeah, I did too. And, and I was so excited to watch them. Yeah. And I didn't care what the storylines were. I just loved it. Because it seemed like the, well, for me at least, the matches were a lot more real. They're a lot more stiffer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They just seemed to be a better quality of match, I which made it like pay-per-view to me. Yeah, I didn't know, like, most of the storylines. I knew who Sting was, I knew who Ric Flair was. Mm -hmm. Later on, when Hogan came, I knew those guys. They had a lot of, as I was watching these, I was like, oh, there's a lot of WWF guys throughout throughout these scattered. Yeah. You know, stunning, and stunning Steve Austin is basically Mr. Clash. He's in so many Clash matches, most of them with Johnny B. Bad and Ricky Steamboat, but he's in so many Clash matches, and they're pretty good, too. Yeah. I've got a few notes about them coming up. Uh, the first clash was important because it went up head to head with WrestleMania four. Do you obviously we weren't watching this? I don't know if you were by chance. No, I wasn't watching this at all. No. Uh, I think if I was watching during then, if I was old enough, and I wanted to choose between WrestleMania four and the Clash, I would have watched the Clash just because it was free. Yeah. It drew a five point six rating on TBS, and went head to head with WrestleMania four. So you watched most of this first clash. Mm -hmm. What what notes or things you got from this first one? Um, By the way, it took place March twenty seventh, nineteen eighty eight, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah, I I really liked that. I think it was the last three matches: uh, Dusty Rhodes and uh, the Road Warriors going up against. Oh my goodness, who are they going up against? Do you remember Dusty the the Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors? Yeah. It came, the Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors faced the Powers of Pain. Yeah, that's right. Powers Pain, of Pain. The Barbarian, the Warlord, Ivan Koloff. Yeah. So I, this is what happened. I started it, um, Mike Rotundo from the Varsity Club and Kevin Sullivan. Mm -hmm. I, know I was just laying there and it was just kind of boring. So I kind of, I was just laying there and I kind of dozed off. Not completely where I fell asleep. I could still hear stuff, but I was mm -hmm. in You're between. You having know? dreams about him. Yeah. <laughs> so I woke up in the middle of the uh, Dusty match. And I'm like, oh, this is a pretty good match. I didn't think the camera angles were too tight going into it. Um, it was okay. They mm -hmm. had barbed wire around the ropes and, you know, working that into the match and, you know, getting some color and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I thought it was a pretty cool match. And then the next match right after that was for the NWA Tag Team titles, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard against uh, Lex Luger and Barry Windham. And just from the beginning, like, these guys, the first of all, the crowd is insane. The whole time the crowd's it's going It's loud. It's like whatever WrestleMania is the loudest, that's what it felt like I was watching. Yeah. <laughs> and just the, the, the moves, the reversals, and uh, Luger and Wyndham, they're so young in 88. And Tully and Arn are just amazing tag team guys. Like, I never really respected them until I you know got a little bit older, but they're so good, and the match was amazing. Um, so there was that one, and then we go into the Flair and Sting with J.J. Dillon goes into the cage. Yeah. And I don't really know if Sting was like a household name at this time or if this is kind of the... This is the, like Sting's coming out party. Yeah, basically. so Ric Flair, it's just amazing. Like, 
Sting to me just looked rock solid. Like he yeah. didn't look like I don't know everybody with muscles and stuff. You was it his rat solid. tail? It was the rat tail. It was <laughs> I don't know. Just everything like when he flexed, like he yeah. just looks strong and he's hulking up. You know, at certain times throughout the match, like things are. He's impervious to pain to certain things, but I like when they do. It's within the first five minutes. It's just go, go, go in the first five minutes of the match. Then it slows down to headlocks and uh, figure fours and all that kind of stuff. But in the first five minutes, uh, Sting puts his hands up to do the test of strength. Yeah. And already I can see Sting is just, he's too strong for Ric Flair. So mm-hmm. Ric Flair is kind of hesitant. He kind of you know walks towards uh, Sting, puts his hands up. Sting just crunches his fingers down, goes around to the sides, and Rick's like, ah! Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. So, oh, God. So you could just tell. Oh, God. Ric Flair is totally trying to put this guy over. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Ric Flair, his Flairisms to me, his screams, his woos, his chops, his is going into the turnbuckle, flipping up, upside mm-hmm. down over the outside, going back in, the flare flops, all of this stuff. When he goes to the top rope, gets slammed in the mat, like it's just flareisms to me. And he's like pulling out the greatest hits of flare. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and, god! <laughs> yeah, it's just it was so good. And then, how about the judges of this match? The oh ringside my, judges. Yeah, I didn't understand this. Well, I guess I do now. But, like, WrestleMania always had their celebrities. Yeah. Whether it's Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, uh, Alice Bob Cooper, Cooper Ozzy, yeah. like, all up until this time. You know, these, I don't know if Liberace was there yet. He was at one. Okay, so, <laughs> I forgot where Liberace came in at. So, I think this is their way of trying to compete with <laughs> with celebrities. Mm-hmm. So, they announce, uh, I forgot what her name, Patty Holling, whatever her name was. Penthouse Pet of the Year? Yeah, but they didn't say Penthouse. They just said Pet of the Year, 1988, Patty, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Pet of the Year? I'm like, is that a Penthouse thing? So Did I you looked look it her up. up? <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. I'm like, that is a Penthouse thing. <laughs> they got a, you know, a, a, I don't want to say a porn star, but they got a porn magazine <laughs> model being a special judge for uh-huh. this, uh, for this uh, match with Ring. Uh, Sting Flair. Sting. Ring. <laughs> Ring Flair. Sting. Um, Eddie Haskell, the new Leave It to Beaver. I forgot that show even existed. Yeah. He, he was a special <laughs> guest referee. Jason Hervey, which does eventually, you know, work into the wrestling promotion and stuff like that with Eric Bischoff down the road, like yeah. years later. But he was a special. Uh, special Jason guest. Hervey, for you guys who don't, he was the brother Wayne from the Wonder yeah. Years. So I'm like, this is kind of weird that these three guys. And there's two. To me, they just look like legit. Um, judges, like uh-huh. an old school wrestler, an old school whatever. I don't yeah. know who they were, but they sounded important to me. <laughs> and the crowds reacted to them. It's like, okay, you know, they're pretty common or popular amongst these uh, fans. Yeah, I just noted Jason Hervey because I was watching him. Well, Jason Hervey, what the right. <laughs> what the hell is he doing here? Yeah. The last five minutes, if you guys don't want to watch this whole match, it's 45 minutes long. You know what? The, Even if it's a long match, like, it's worth watching. And maybe it's just because I had time to watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the last five minutes, the crowd is unglued because they're making the announcements. And everybody knows Flair is going to lose this match because Sting's got the momentum. He hits the Sting splash. Well, the thing is, it's a 45-minute time limit. Yep. So they announce it 15 minutes, 30 Mm -hmm. minutes remain. 30 minutes, 15 minutes remain. So as they're going through, then they get down to, you know, five minutes remain. And then that's where all starts heating up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Sting gets Flair in the Scorpion Deathlock. And there's five, four. Is Sting gonna or is Flair gonna give? He doesn't give up. I thought he was gonna tap. Yeah, he really did. He goes. They go to the judges, and it ends in a draw, which completely disverts the purpose of having judges at ringside. That that made no sense to me. That's forty-five minute time limit. Okay, that's a draw. Then you got the judges. They go to one judge. Um, I think it was the pet of the year. Yeah, you know. she gave it to Flair naturally. Yeah. 
scores it for Flair. Crowd's like, rah, Ric Flair. This one scores it for Sting. Yeah, Sting. So, okay, 1-1. One, one. I'm counting in my head. <laughs> Next one goes, calls it a draw. I'm like, okay, so that guy doesn't count. The winner, it's a draw. I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened to Eddie Haskell and Jason Hervey's votes? <laughs> they weren't watching it. Jason Hervey, everyone else had suits. Jason Hervey had a T-shirt on. Yeah. Come on, man, get dressed up for the occasion. <laughs> so that made no sense. I'm like, this is a shitty payoff. <laughs> I watched this whole thing <laughs> just to see what uh, Jason Hervey's going to vote. Still watching, though. Yeah. Still worth watching, for sure. It is. It's a really good match. Another one I watched was from a Twitter follower who suggested this. This was Clash 3. Ricky Morton uh, versus Ivan Koloff in a Russian chain match. Mm -hmm. This was your standard 80s match, but the crowd was just nuts for Ricky Morton. And at the end, Ivan Koloff, I think, kind of turns babyface. It was kind of weird, but it was a just awesome match. At the end, Ricky, this was your standard chain match where you got to touch the four turnbuckles around the mm -hmm. corner. And the end, Ricky Morton's like barely going, barely. Is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? And the crowd's like on the edge of their seat. And then the chain breaks, he hits the turnbuckle, he wins, the crowd goes nuts. Like There's little stuff like that that it's tough for wrestlers to do now because of the style of wrestling that's out now. But I think more storytelling could be good. I think wrestlers should go back and steal some of this stuff yeah, and, and do some of these little things that, that the old school wrestlers did to get the crowd so into it. There was a match I was watching. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, maybe... You'll know, but they had, uh, it was kind of like a four corners match, which each wrestler was chained to a corner. Okay. And they would fight in the ring. I don't remember that. Okay. I should have took a note on that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, when I was watching, I'm like, this isn't very good. <laughs> I'm sure someone will tell us. <laughs> but I like the concept of it. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will tell us. And then we've got a Clash 4, another suggestion. Ric Flair and Barry Windham versus the Midnight Express. The only thing I was confused about this match is who the, who the baby face was, because they were both kind of cheaters. Like, Midnight Express had Jim Cornette. Yeah. Ric Flair and Barry Windham are the horsemen. I'm like, well, who's the baby face? But, again, these these early clashes. I think the horsemen always got a good crowd reaction, but they were the bad guys. So right. Kind of the tweeners. Kind of like the Bullet Club. Yeah. They were just kind of like, I don't know, just these crowds were so into everything. They were. And it was it's fun to watch. And the announcers are talking so loud because they got to talk over the crowd. Yeah. And I didn't realize Shivani was a part of this for so long. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew him. Well, I knew he was in WCW in the 90s because when I watched Nitro, Tony Shivani is like the voice of it. And there was some older WWF stuff that he was on, but I didn't know he went back this far and kind of did. He was like their main guy. Yeah. The other thing was Jim Ross was doing the commentary early, too. And I was like, oh, that's right. Jim Ross was yeah. there. I remember when Ross came in on WrestleMania 9, I yep. think it was. I'm like, oh, this hillbilly from WCW. That was, that was my thought. Like, I didn't give him a chance. <laughs> I'm like, this guy sucks. Cause, you know, he's Southern and he's from, from wrestling. Uh, another note I had, and we'll get to yours next after this one, was the Clash 17 from 1991. This is where Sting loses the U.S. title to Rick Rude in kind of a weird storyline. Yeah. So I don't know what this was. I wasn't watching, but there's like Sting's getting all these present boxes throughout the time, and and then they're like, what's Sting's box going to be this time? And a big uh, carriage comes out with all these naked half-naked guys and no shoes and socks coming out, oiled up. Give him the present. <laughs> it turns out to be like Medusa seducing him. He gets attacked from behind. His knee gets hurt by Rick Rude. Rick yeah. Rude eventually beats him for the title. Another a couple of notes I have about this, this show was Missy Hyatt. I remember thinking she was so hot back she in the was. day. Oh, yeah. And then also, there's a, a, a lumberjack match with a wrestler named Big Josh, 
who was a lumberjack, came out without an axe, just mm-hmm. like a stick. I'm like, what the hell is this? That yeah. was kind of funny. But nothing else to note other than the Sting Rick Rude U.S. title match in that during that clash for me. All right. What do you got? Uh, well, when we started this, you recommended like the best of the Clash of the Champions yeah. uh, review site, whatever. So mm-hmm. I was looking at it, and I went on the network and I looked up uh, best Clash of the Champions. Yeah, and there it was. I'm like, okay, cool, I can watch this on the network. But the problem with this one, it wasn't three disc set. It was only an 80 minute, 85 minute uh-huh. thing. I'm like, okay, well, it's the best of, so maybe it's the best of be- best of the best, right? Right. So I'm watching it, and it starts out with the Hollywood Blondes against uh, Flair and Anderson. The Blondes are the champs. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a good match. It's got uh, Steve, Stunning Steve Austin, yep. Flying Brian Pillman, uh, Flair and Anderson. Two out of three falls, whatever. So it's going in the first fall, goes to, you know, through a little melee in the ring. Ric Flair gets Pillman for the pin. So now it's uh, the Horsemen one nothing. Second match is going, and the whole thing they're talking about, Art Anderson hurt his knee. He's on the outside. I'm like, when did he hurt his knee? They said it happened in the first uh, first round of the first pinfall. So for the whole time, Flair is just going back and forth with uh, Steve Austin, mm-hmm. he's going with, with um, Pillman and Austin, and Anders is not getting in. And then Wyndham comes in and ruins the whole match because everybody disqualified. He comes in, starts beating everybody up, starts beating up uh, Flair and Anderson, and I'm like, that was a waste. <laughs> this is not a great match. It wasn't until then, up until that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that just ended in a DQ, but the only pinfall in there, the two out of three, was Flair on... Uh, so that was not a best of match. For no, you. it really wasn't. So then I'm like, all right. Well, the second match coming up is, uh, I think they're calling him Vader, not Big Van Vader at the time. So it's uh, Vader, Ravishing Rick Rude, which I have always really liked in WCW, uh, with Harley Race going against Sting and Flair. I'm like, all right, cool. It's elimination. Really quick. So at Harley, speaking of Harley Race at WrestleCon, yeah, when we were in line for like the bullpen mass of people, the wrestlers were having to come through there to go mm-hmm. into WrestleCon. And I'm like, oh, Harley Race is coming because he's in a wheelchair. And Harley Race ran over my foot with his wheelchair. I got that <laughs> so I got, And I was like, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. So he still hurts you even in a wheelchair. Yeah, still still doing it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So it comes out. And the rivalry at this time is Sting and Rude are having, I think it's the International World Championship or U.S. I forgot what it was. But this was in 94. Mm-hmm. And Flair and Vader. So it starts off with Sting and Rude. And it's an elimination tag match. So if somebody gets pinned and they're out, then it might then it's going to be two-on-one, mm-hmm. one-on-one, whatever it comes down to. So the first part of it I thought was really good. It was uh, Rude and Sting. They're going back and forth. Vader comes in, and then Bobby Heenan is on commentary. He's like, you know what's funny? Ric Flair hasn't even been in this match yet, and Sting's going at you know with both of these. I bet you he's afraid of Vader. <laughs> <laughs> and not even like a minute later, uh, Flair gets tagged in. He starts chopping the hell out of Vader. They start going back at it. With each other and yeah, this was weird. Like good guy, Ric Flair. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, um, Flair goes on the outside. Vader starts to follow. Vader grabs a chair. Nick Bockwinkle, for some reason, is the new commissioner or something. WCW. Yeah. So he's out on the ring, out, on ringside, you know, standing out there, and he's got. I don't know why he's out there, but he disqualifies Vader just for grabbing a chair. He didn't hit Flair. Didn't hit anybody with it. Disqualifies him. Then he disqualifies Flair because Flair's hurt. And it's like, why would you disqualify somebody who didn't use a chair yet as someone who's injured? So now it's just um, rude and sting. I'm like, all right, this isn't that good either. I mean, it's yeah. a good match, but it's not what I thought it was going to be, like an elimination and uh-huh. coming from behind and being down two to one. Like, none of that drama was even part of this match. It just went from two to two to one to one. Just a mess. Yes. I love it, though. I lo- so I got a show coming up that's a complete mess that I love. <laughs> so then... 
to my surprise, here's the gem of the whole 80 minutes. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, Ricky Steamboat going against a stunning Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. He's the U.S. champion. I'm like, okay, good. I don't know how Austin's going to look in this match, but I'll give it a shot because I know who he is and I know who uh, Steamboat is. So yep. I'm watching the match, and it's typical Steamboat with like a rising star in Austin. So I'm thinking about this. This is kind of like the midway point of Ricky Steamboat's downfall uh-huh. and Steve Austin's rise. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I wonder if Steve Austin, well, obviously he did. I'm like, it'd be cool if Steve Austin knew where he was going to be. Because mm-hmm. right then and there, he's just in WCW, just the United States champion, fighting Ricky Steamboat on Clash of the Champions. Uh, this is 1994. The future is so bright for this guy, <laughs> you know? But I thought the match was really good. There was a lot of reversals, tie-ups. Uh, and Austin was working. Like, he was he was a lot quicker in, uh, back in them days. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I had this match on one of the ones I want to talk about, too. So, yeah, it was, it was yeah. good. So I'll, I'll leave the rest for you on that one. Did you want to add anything to it? No. It, the only thing I said about it was it was just how much I enjoyed the match. And... This was on the, this was on the clash that was a total mess. So this okay. was kind of the one saving grace of that clash. We'll That's what the saving second. grace on this uh, best of was. Ah, there you go, <laughs> stunning Steve saving the clash. Yeah. Um, Steamboat gets the win on that, doesn't he? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. He does because Austin with, like the a roll up with a roll up. Yep. Yeah. They had another match. I think it like Beach Blast where Austin won with a stun gun, which I think is a finisher someone needs to bring back, mm-hmm. where you kind of lift them up and just drop them over the top, over the top on the rope hits it. Yeah, the the Steamboat finish of this match with Austin is weird because I think the stipulation was if Austin got DQ'd, he'd still lose the title. Yeah, and this was back when throwing over the top rope got you DQ'd in WCW. Yeah, so he kind of throws him over. Steamboat holds on, and Bobby Heenan's like, "Why wouldn't he just let go? What an idiot!" Like, yeah, type right. Of thing. Yeah. Um, the fourth match on this one I thought was the worst. It was Medusa versus Bull Nakano. Yeah. I don't know why they added it to it because it's really not a, it's, it's an okay match. I was looking online. I got a good review on it, but I didn't really like it. And the last one that I thought was really good was the Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Jericho for the Cruiserweight title. That's yeah. August 21st, 97. That's the last clash, I believe. Yeah, 97. Yep, that's the last one. Yeah. I'll talk about that in a sec, too. So that one was a really good match. It, it's just... These young guys, Jericho, I mean... That's when Jericho was like a baby face in WCW, too. It's kind of weird. Because I yeah. always remember him as the bad guy, Jericho, the obnoxious one. Yeah. Just Eddie... And, and like I said, flareisms, Eddieisms in this one I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. There's a part where uh, Jericho knocks Eddie on his ass, and he's like standing on his on his knees like he's about to pray or, you know, please don't hit me. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, he starts like quick walking on his knees and hugs the ref like for the ref to protect him. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, it's kind of funny when you, yeah. when you see it, but... Um, that match was really good. The other thing with the Austin stuff is I mentioned a little bit earlier that I think Austin was like Mr. Clash. If you go down, he has so many matches and there was one and it was in 94 and this was Bobby the Brain Heen's debut at WCW. And I think this was kind of the first time we saw Steve Austin, the entertainer, because the match was Colonel Robert Parker versus Brian Pillman, loser wore a chicken suit. So Steve Austin was Parker's manager wearing the Robert Ronald Park Ronald Colonel Robert Parker getup, which is like cowboy yeah. hat, and he's like push. He's like you know being a big goofball, like pushing Parker. He's gonna win it, hell yeah, type of thing. That was kind of like your first sign. Like, oh, Austin's not just a stiff good worker. He could yeah. be an entertainer. So that was kind of cool. Like too. He's kind of funny. Yeah. Speaking of funny, the Clash twenty four in nineteen ninety three. This is the famous Shockmaster debut. 
which was live, everyone's seen this before, where yeah. they're, on, they're on the set, Sting introduces the Shockmaster who f- goes through the wall but trips over a board, and it's, his helmet falls off. It's yeah. hilarious. There's the, here's the thing for me. When I, when I was younger... You know, I see these things. I thought I was the only one that really liked it. Yeah. And then it just seems like the past five years, like, everybody's bringing up all these old memories that I really thought was funny and mm-hmm. unique to me that yeah. I liked it. And I was the only one that liked it. Like, everybody loves this stuff now. Yeah. Like, Shockmaster was just so dumb at the time. I'm like, oh, my God. He's wearing a stormtrooper, a glitter stormtrooper. Glitter stormtrooper. dumb. <laughs> the, and what was funny, too, what still holds up about this segment's a couple things. One, Ric Flair introduces Fifi, who is now his current fiance, which uh-huh. is kind of funny. Fifi the Maid. What holds up the best about this is not the Shockmaster falling. That's literally about a second. Is there someone's reaction? N- no, it's, it's it's Shockmaster getting up and talking. But he, I am the Shockmaster. He's, <laughs> he's messing around with his helmet, trying to yeah. get right. <laughs> he's got glitter all over his chest, all that stuff, and just that's the part that's hilarious. And they try to overdub Harlem Heat laughing, but you could still hear them laughing. Yeah. And, it's, and then Sid's trying to be serious, <laughs> like, we're going to destroy you. I don't care who you are, type yeah. of thing. It's just great. Great stuff. Uh, that's uh, I think that's the last Clash of 93. So the Clash I wanted to talk to you about was a couple of them. So first, Hogan's debut at the, was at the Clash in 94 when he came out and basically came up in a limo. And he was there to see who won between Ric Flair and Sting. They were unifying the two titles of the international champion and the world champion. Yeah. And Flair ends up winning because Sherry, for some reason, was with Sting, and then she turns on Sting and joins Flair. It's kind of goofy. Uh, it was a pretty good match. It wasn't anything crazy. What I found interesting was Hogan just got not that great of a pop. Like, people weren't that excited to see yeah. him. Like, I, would have been, I remember when I was a kid, Hogan on TV was a big deal, so I was way more excited yeah. at the time. I'm about six years older than you, and I was just done with mm-hmm. Hogan. Like, I was just so sick of seeing his face. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> there was a nice opening match between the Nasty Boys and Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan. Nice hard-hitting match, and like you kind of see as Hogan's coming in, there's a lot of talented guys, and then Hogan just starts bringing in all his buddies. Yeah. Xaw comes in. Honky Tonk, Brutus, they all start kind of slowly creeping in there. Shockmaster? Maybe. But he was already there. Talk also, what was funny was this was the debut vignette of the Guardian Angel, a.k.a. the Big Boss Man, yeah. who was going around with like his Guardian Angels and berets and taking care of crime in the city without using weapons. That was his big thing. That's what they do. Yeah. <clears throat> they do it with the, to the two weapons, their fists. The Sting Flare match they had here is a pretty good match. It's worth checking out. Now let's get to... My favorite cluster of a match, or cluster of a show, Clash 28, 1994. First off, they're pushing the call the Hulk Hogan hotline, yeah. which is you would call Hulk for Hulk trivia, Hulk message of the day, like $1.49. I'm like, I want to talk to someone who called that hotline. <laughs> if you are a listener and you called the Hulk hotline as a kid, please let me know. I want to yeah. interview you about your experiences and how pissed your parents were when they found out you spent the I don't think there. it was the Hulk hotline. It might have been the mean gene I called. You did? Yeah, I did call. Did you ask or did you just do it? Well, what they do, have you ever called one of them? 
Mm, no, I don't think so. So when you call, they give you maybe like 15 seconds of just some like teaser info, mm-hmm. and then they want you to confirm that you're going to pay for this and press one. So I would call just to get the teaser info, yeah. and then I would hang up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was kind of a little bit more than what they would tell you on TV. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I had some friends at school that were like, hey, you know, this might happen or whatever. Ooh. Yeah, so I was like. You're like the those, dirt uh, sheets. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> So Hogan comes out after the first match for an interview with Mean Gene. He gets hit with a pipe by some guy in the knee, and then he's just he's like, "Oh my knee!" Oh god! Then a bunch of officials come out. To oh god! Him. Oh god! No, not Ric Flair. And then Gene no, o- that's Hogan. <laughs> Gene Okerlund's still there with the live mic saying, "Jesus, Jesus, look at that knee!" Like talking, and Hogan's like, "Oh my knee, my knee!" And then they're taping it up awkwardly. This also has an amazing Ricky Steamboat Austin match, which we referenced already. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the saving grace of the show. Throughout the show, they're teasing this like, is Hogan going to wrestle? Is he not going to wrestle in the main event against Flair for, yeah. for the title? Is One he- of the things I wanted to mention about the Austin match was they keep showing Barry Darso to me with Smash. Yeah. And Repo Man. Sure. But they're showing him in, it's just like a, uh, what, where were they in? In Iowa or something? Yeah, I could look it up really quick. So they were, whatever they were, Heenan was referencing this guy. What do you call him? An Iowan or what? I think that's what it, where they were, Iowa. And he was just like, yeah, come on, Austin. Like, he's in the front row wearing his little black top blue. Yeah, that's up. who he, I thought. First, like, I, I thought it was the Mountie at first. Yeah, he's like, come on. He's like, come on, you suck, Steamboat. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it would have been okay if they just showed him once or twice, but they showed this guy. They, they, they showed Black Top Bully at least 10 times. I'm like, oh, this is part of the show. <laughs> and I didn't. there was really no payoff because I stopped watching yeah. that match, so I don't know if he showed up later in the night. It was it, it was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. You're right. Did he show up later in the night? I don't remember. I didn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> I thought you did. <laughs> no, I mean, I fast-forwarded a little bit. Oh, okay. The main event had Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan for the title. Yeah. And throughout the show... Hogan's knees like bad, and obviously, oh, maybe Ric Flair's going to win. This would be a good reason to get the belt off Hogan, have another rematch, all that stuff. Hogan ends up losing via countout. Oh, Hogan. Then Bruce Buffer announces, or Michael Buffer, Michael Buffer, Bruce Buffer's UFC. So Michael Buffer, he's totally obviously not paying attention. He's probably drinking during this match. The winner and new world champion, Ric Flair. And everyone's like, and then Tony Schlein's like, that is not the case. The ref's like, no, he's not the champion. He's a count out. So the ref tries to tell Michael Buffer what's wrong. And Michael Buffer goes, winner by disqualification, Ric Flair. And they're like, no, Hogan was counted out. Not disqualified. <laughs> Buffer's like, where's my check? Get me out of here. <laughs> and then the masked man comes back. But Ric Flair was already the champion. Right? No, Hogan was. This was after Bash at the Beach. This is oh, like a rematch. Okay. All right. So the masked man comes back out, hits Hogan with the knee again, and then Sting comes out. And they're like, Sting's here. He just flew in from Chicago. I'm like, what are you talking about Chicago for? Yeah. Sting well, they were out. They were talking about that during the uh, Austin and whatever match. They're okay. Like, oh, Steve or um, Sting. Yeah. Just heard that Hogan's out. He's going to be here. He's going to have. He oh, like, he'd be the fill-in. Yeah, he's going to get on a jet Lear or Lear jet, and he's going to be here in 30 minutes. So that was like. Thirty minutes. Yeah, I mean, I was not that far from Chicago, but I don't know. They they said he was on a jet. Either way, he came out. He was in his street clothes. He's hard to recognize without his face paint, but he had shades yeah. on. And then crowd ends up going home happy. Hogan's fine with his knee at the end. All of a sudden, yeah. after being destroyed for two hours, <laughs> getting that knee busted up on. Did you watch any other clashes or any other matches or anything like mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I I kind of skipped a little bit. I did watch the last clash, and the last clash was interesting because it was about the NWO. It was the one-year anniversary of the NWO. They had a happy birthday party, balloons, all that stuff. Yeah. 
the last segment, the NWO is in the ring, and all of a sudden they're ce- you know they're celebrating and all that, and you look up in the rafters, there's Sting, with with a buzzard on his. Is that ninety six or ninety seven? Ninety seven. So he's the crow Sting. Mm-hmm. He's got a buzzard on his thing, but the audio cuts out, so you can't even hear the crowd. There's somewhere with the audio mix. Then the lights go out again, and the buzzard is on the rope, the ring rope where yeah, Sting was in the I rafters. Remember that scene. And what's funny is that when the lights come out, you could see the animal handler trying to get out of the shot really quick. And the buzzer's just standing there, and then Kevin Nash has got like a belt, and he's going to hit the bird with it. Yeah. I'm curious if he was like, "I got to really swing this thing, and this bird comes after me." Right. So I thought it was cool that the first clash featured Sting, and the last clash also featured Sting in the, oh, in the last segment of the show. It's a nice little full circle thing. There's more. I do want to go back and watch more of them. Uh, if you want, I'll let you borrow the Clash DVD set if you want. You can see the actual best of the Clashes, <laughs> and so the 80 minute version of it. But I, yeah. I like. I like going back and watching these. It was fun. I don't know if you, how you felt about it. Well, I enjoyed the first one after I got through the uh, yeah the Varsity Club match, which here's the thing about that match. I didn't really like it because well, it was Rotundo, and I forgot who he was going up against. I really wish I remembered, but I mm-hmm. don't because I fell asleep. <laughs> it was like a traditional wrestling match. Like If your shoulders were down for one, it was a, it was a point. Oh, okay. And then it was like rounds, and I'm like, this is dumb. This is like the Impact Grand Championship. <laughs> I don't want to watch this. <laughs> Which I don't know if you're familiar with how the rules were for the Impact Grand Championship. No, but what I did randomly watch today <laughs> was the Samoa Joe-Kurt Angle lockdown match. Yeah. Where they had like an MMA-style fight. Yeah. Even Angle was wearing fight shorts and no socks uh-huh. or, or shoes. I guess it would be awkward if you went out there with just socks. But it was funny because Angle did like a walkout, and Samoa Joe's family's in, like, traditional Samoan, like, grass skirts and stuff. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is this? And this was an impact was kind of, and TNA was kind of, you know, getting a little momentum. And then yeah. Joe, win, Joe gets the win. But it was a pretty good match, that, that Joe versus Angle match. But it was weird because they were actually kicking each other and stuff. I'm like, yeah. this isn't a real fight. What are you guys doing? you remember what year that was? 2008. Okay. Is you going to go home and watch it? Probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really did like impact wrestling from, like, 2007 to 2000. Up until Hogan got there? No, no, I, 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 that was one of my uh, guilty pleasures. Yeah. I, I liked that era. You liked the Hogan? <laughs> yeah. Because they had RVD. What and, were they, the Millionaire's Club or something? Uh, no, that was WCW. Yeah, that was uh, WCW. Well, they had the main event mafia. Yeah, that's what and, it was. Uh, well, later on, they had Aces and Eights, but they brought Jeff Hardy, and he had his cool little Enigma World Championship. Yeah. They pushed the hell out of Rob Van Dam, which I thought he you know, got the respect he deserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was uh, Hogan bringing back his old buddies, which... Really weren't like his true buddies, but you could tell like they were old WWF guys or WWE guys. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'll go back and watch that. I remember that when Impact went head-to-head with Raw for the first time, and they like brought out all the guns they had. Like Ric Flair came out and Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And I remember they had like, that match with the cage where the cage kind of had like an overhang, and the one guy couldn't get out of it, so he was like slowly struggling to get up. Uh-huh. In WWE, that was when Bret Hart was coming back for the first time. And I was like, wouldn't it be awesome if Bret Hart showed up on Impact instead of Raw? Like, as a final <laughs> F.U. to Vince McMahon. That would have been. But he didn't do it, so. Yeah. They said so they got Ric Flair and drunk Scott Hall and bad X-Pac and all that. But yeah. all those guys, Scott Hall was at WrestleCon. He looked in good shape. X-Pac looked in great shape, great spirits. X-Pac was really nice to everybody from what I saw. Uh, the rest, What's cool about WrestleCon, too, is if you don't want to buy anything, you just say, hey, what's up to the wrestlers? Talk to them for a second. Some of them are cool. Some of them are like, you're not buying and get away type of thing. But mm-hmm. it was it was fun. I recommend going to WrestleCon if you're in WrestleMania area, but prepared to be prepared to spend money. Most of the guys are 20 bucks, but the bigger guys are going to charge a little bit more. 
Yeah, that's something you probably have to save up for every year, right? Yeah. Do you have a little WrestleMania fund that you have on the side? Like, no, I wasn't going to go this year. I mean, the reason I went this year one was well, because I think you don't want to go every year. No, you end up going. <laughs> right. Uh, this year, I'm not going next year for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I'm not. Well, it's in New York, and I went to New. I'm going to go. Are you going? No, I didn't like the New York Stadium at all. Um, it's just not. It's not a good WrestleMania setup. The next WrestleMania I'll go to is if I can drive to it. Is pretty much so if it's like in Indianapolis, yeah, or Detroit again or something, then I'll go. But as far as flying and stuff, you know, I think I'm I'm retiring from that at least for the foreseeable future until Penny's old enough to go with me. Yeah. Um, but I was even thinking about that. Like, your kid's got to be at least like ten to go to WrestleMania just because of how long it is and all that stuff. Well, to appreciate it and you know to sit. Sure, for that long. We took Penny to go see Back to the Future Two in the theater. She's seen it before, so she liked it and she had fun. And she was kind of talking a little bit. My wife's like, shh. I'm like, don't talk. I'm like, listen, if people in this theater have never seen Back to the Future 2 before, they got their own damn problems. Yeah. And the part when Marty's, uh, the he's back in 1955, and he's walking over himself on the scaffold while he's playing Johnny Be Good, Penny shouts, Marty, be careful. <laughs> which is adorable. Two-year-old shouting at the yeah. It was cute. Yeah, I went to go see, this was a couple of years ago. I went on a date with a girl. She had two kids. And she's like, I, you know, I got to bring my kids. I'm like, that's fine. Like, yeah. I've been around kids before to know that they're, I don't know. You hear all the stories about how, how kids are well-behaved. Like, yeah. I don't believe it. Like, kids are going to act up. They're, right. they're going to be bored. I remember when I was a kid, like, 20 minutes to me was like a year. Sure. Like, so I'm like, that's fine. She's like, yeah, but this, I'm like, I don't really care. You know, I'm going to watch the movie. I'll tune them out. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm sitting there. She brings her two little girls. One's maybe like two. The other one's like five. And they just keep, you know, they're cool for the first 10, 15 minutes watching preview stuff uh-huh. like that. I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta do this. Yeah. Like I'm fine because they're not mine. I don't right. have to get up. So <laughs> she's getting up. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't. You know, right. not that I don't care because I don't care, but I understand. I'm cool. What I should have said. <laughs> like, I'm, this is totally fine. But after everything, I wanted to go home. <clears throat> and she's like, Oh, you want to get some lunch? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, not really, <laughs> because now I got to sit more with these two kids or get up and down and running around. Um, but yeah. totally understandable. Not all kids can be as cool as my kid. Yeah. Hilarious, Penny. She uh, was playing with her, her wrestling figure yesterday, and she's having a little Royal Rumble match. And Charlotte, Charlotte won, by the <clears> way. <throat> and at the last, the last person in the ring was Charlotte and Sasha, I think, or Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte and Sasha. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she's got Charlotte in the rope. I'm like, what's she gonna do? She goes, she gonna do a flip, and she had Charlotte do the moon salt, and then she did a hurricane run over the top. I w- it was a good, good booked finish, you know. Her, yeah. She's got good storytelling. Your seat. Yeah, I was. I was curious because I was watching. I was curious. Was like, what's going to happen? You should have recorded it. At first, I thought Macho Man was going to win because she's a big Macho Man fan. But, you know, yeah. Charlotte got the W. So what are you going to do? You never know. She's like Vince. Change her mind at the last minute. Yeah, book it in the finish. <laughs> uh, speaking of toys, I went to Toys R Us the other day. It's still only 10% off, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. I drive but, by there every four or five days just to, you know, see if it still says up to 30%. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, still 10 The They are getting they're getting more stuff, though. They constantly are getting Because yeah. I went there last week. Last week, to see if they've got those fan centrals, and they did. They finally had it. They had the Bobby Heenan ones. I picked him up. But why was there the week before? It was just a wall of Lanas, yeah. and now they're completely restocked. I'm like, oh, I guess they're just emptying their warehouses with, with stuff. So, and there's other stores that are closing that probably send their stuff to this store because I think this one is like a high market store. Okay, so this one will stay open longer. Yeah, if this is the one you go to, the one by yeah. us. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's how other stores I worked at when they closed. The mm-hmm. higher volume stores stayed open longer, and all the other ones sent all their garbage to us. <laughs> I'm excited for KB Toys to come back this Christmas season. I loved KB. KB was the Is it going to be uh, like a seasonal thing? 
they're going to test it for the season. You know, like the Halloween stores, they take over like a vacant building for about four months. and then... I don't know. They're going to test it, and if it does well, they're going to stay open, they said. They may yeah. stay open just certain markets. But if they're like a little niche store in, in like a Toys R Us or at a mall or something, yeah. it'd be nice. It'd be cool to check out. The other thing, I was at Walmart the other day. By the way, if this is for local people and for you. If you're looking for figures for Walmart, the dairy in Walmart is always fully stocked. They had everything. All dairy, the new figures. Yeah, okay, 75th Street. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they had the Brutus Beefcake WrestleMania 9 Elite. I was like walking around with him in my hand. I'm like, should I get this? Uh, like, nah, I'm going <clears> to put him <throat> back. I'm going to wait for like a sale at Ringside or yeah. something. Because I love bad 90s wrestling characters, and he was one of them. It's yeah. a pretty good looking figure, too. But I yeah, don't, he's I don't still in my him. Amazon card. I think it's like 14 bucks on Amazon. The WrestleMania 9 one or the other one? The other one. Okay. Yeah. I love the 9 one because he's got comes he comes with the mask. Yeah. I don't like that one. <laughs> I did. I liked it. Um, I picked up, uh, well, I shared it, uh, Becky Lynch. The, yeah. It's a basic. I like it. Um, there was a Dana Brooke that I had in my hand, but mm-hmm. I was looking at the paint app on it. Like around the ankle where the, I guess, the cuff of the pant would end, mm-hmm. like one stripe of the paint is like going too long. I'm like, that doesn't even look real. <laughs> I was going to get Penny a John Cena figure because she likes John Cena. And they didn't have one, and they had the basic one there with the T-shirt. But, like, the paint job on his neck was, like, blotchy. It looks like it's, like... Was that the Make-A-Wish scene? No, it's the one... It's just a basic one. Okay. And uh, it's the same... looks like the same one as his two-pack with Nikki Bella. Go. Um, but he's... Uh, it's just, like, the paint was terrible, you know? Did you just grab your collar and pull it away? I did. I was like, <laughs> poor, poor, poor Cena <laughs> Nikki Bella. I'm going to sneeze, so you got to say something. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I read, uh, well, a friend of mine is like, oh, I can't believe they broke off. I'm like, what? I'm like, this is not real. And then, you know, I'm reading it as every uh, still, still, re- still real to us. I mean, these are wrestling things on one that uh-huh. I follow, like Cheap Heat Wrestling, like three or four other things. And it's like People Magazine, Us Magazine. I'm like, whoa, this is real. <laughs> and then uh, <clears throat> my mom was really into the, the WrestleMania proposal last yeah. year. So I'm like, hey, Mom, you know, did you hear they break up or they broke up? And she watches something on e-channel. She's like, oh, is that what it was? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she's like, they're talking about Total Bellas. And, uh, you know, they're both crying. I'm like, I don't know if that's the same thing. Because Total Bellas is recorded like five, six months earlier. You know what I mean? Before yeah. it airs. So I'm like, I don't really know. But then I'm thinking maybe it's they're announcing it because of the airing of Total Bellas. Who knows? I'm not sure. I mean, it's. It's it's weird to speculate and stuff like this. One because it, it's their real lives, yeah. but it's also a reality show, which is BS, and they yeah. they're in wrestling, which is all BS. So it's just mm-hmm. a weird thing yeah. to deal with right now. And then someone was, I was on Reddit, and someone was like, Nikki Bella, three hours before they posted this, was like showing off a ring on her Instagram story. So like, I think this is a storyline for Total Bellas. I'm like, maybe, yeah, but it's kind of crazy to think about like that. yeah my favorite meme coming out of it they show a picture they're like you know step one dating mm-hmm. step two engagement step three marriage and this shows john cena like oh john cena always kicks out at two <laughs> yeah and I, there's just people that are just savages like they're like natty was right during her feud with nikki yeah. bellers like john cena will never marry you and like the mid stuff and they show ziggler cashing in yeah, and all that yeah did you see the one where uh, the, at WrestleMania, the ref goes to tell John Cena something about The Undertaker? Yeah. But just dubbed in. It's like, hey, you know, something about kids and whatever responsibilities comes with marriage. And then they, <laughs> then they show him running up the ramp and running away. Yeah, The Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Yeah. But, but when you put your life out there and then you ask not to have or to ask for privacy, I'm like, well, why are you putting all this stuff out there then if you want your privacy? 
who knows? Maybe they don't want. I mean, I get why they put out a statement, like because if someone sees her without like a ring on, like oh, what's the going on with this type of thing. Yeah. So, who knows? I think John Cena is going to be transitioning away more and more from WWE as his mm-hmm. film career kind of takes off, kind of turning into the Rock a little bit. But yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll be just a special attraction type of guy. Maybe. Maybe he'll be drafted in the SmackDown shakeup tonight. Maybe he'll get a rematch with Taker at WrestleMania next year. What did you think of that moment, Taker? And uh, it was cool when the lights went out and Elias came out. Instead of take her. So what was funny with that <laughs> is when the lights went out, the guy behind me, and they see the guy with the guitar, my guy behind me goes, oh, it's Kid Rock. Like, he's not coming out to American badass guys. Kid Rock's not even here. Kid Rock didn't even show up for the Hall of Fame uh, no, waving he, thing. he had something else to do. Yeah, he's like, where's my check? I'm out of here. You know? I think I got a prior engagement. <laughs> yeah, it's right. for charity. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, sure it is. He's lying. Uh, but the whole Undertaker thing was cool. I liked it. It was well done. Yeah. Was, I like this. Was what it was. Yeah, it was. It was fine for what it was. You Greatest know? hits of Taker, old school. When he did the old school, my line. friend was like, "Oh, he doesn't walk. He doesn't more. Doesn't do any more in two steps now, huh? Because <laughs> he walked two steps on the ropes and jumped." Yeah, but you could tell he's in a lot better shape. Yeah, that new hip does wonders. <laughs> yeah. Got his hair growing out a little bit too, looking better. Yeah, he's going to be in he's a like casket ben, match. He's like Benjamin Button out there. Casket match of the Greatest Royal Rumble show coming up in India or Saudi Arabia. Against Rusev, then Jericho, now Rusev again. Yep, 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 yep. We'll see what happens with that. Lots of fun stuff coming out with wrestling. Lots of fun stuff with independent shows. All Ins coming up in September. Uh, Ring of Honor, War of the Worlds, is or Global Wars is coming back to Chicago on Mother's Day, so I won't be going to that. NXT's coming back to Chicago. I may be going to that. And, yeah, I think next week's show, because I want to record a show again next week, I want to do Intercontinental Championship matches, and with the inspiration being kind of the – IC title's been pretty hot lately, so I, I, I enjoy that feud going. And I kind of think Rollins is going to get drafted over to SmackDown since the U.S. title's on Raw now, but we'll see what happens, you know, for the SmackDown shakeup tonight. We'll see. You got anything else to chat about or anything? Because it's been no. a couple weeks since we've been here. No, we're good. We're good. It's a fun show. Lots of WrestleMania talk, lots of Clash talk, bad wrestling, good wrestling. Sorry, guys, this was not a complete breakdown of Clash history. It was just fun stuff, just like our show always is. And. Speaking of fun shows, I'm going to give a couple of shout-outs to fellow podcasts that I listen to and that I follow. First, again, Ringside Podcast, thank you for having me on. Follow them at Ringside Podcast. And then another one I like is the guys from Our Vantage Point Podcast. They're like the retro podcast, the Our, Our Vantage Point. I think it's OVP. Vantage Point. Let me check the actual Twitter real quick so I don't get it wrong. Uh, the Fully Posable Podcast, those guys are super awesome. Uh, greetings from Allentown Podcast at GF Allentown. There's, let me just tell you, yeah, OVP Podcast from the Our Vantage Point Ohio podcast. versus, oh, you don't know that that uh, reference, do you? No, OVP what is that? from uh, Impact, Sammy Callahan, and never mind. Anyway, <laughs> make sure you're following all those Somebody guys. out there knows what I'm talking about. I'm sure they do. <laughs> They're like, come on, Steve. I'm sure they do. And also all, all of our friends of the show, thank you guys for the follows on Twitter, Thank you for the mentions. Thank you for listening, all that other fun stuff. Any show topics, let us know. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Send any comments, show suggestions, good or bad feedback to me. I really appreciate that. And maybe we will take a new profile picture at some point coming out for Positive Processing Podcast. Because people, when I was meeting them, I was reading, I was like, hey, PPW Podcast on Twitter. We were talking like, oh, hey, what's up? Not a lot of people know what I look like. I mean, I've posted pictures of us or whatever, and I've done live, but maybe do a, a profile pic, me and you. A lot of people thought my buddy Tony was you. Oh, okay, Yeah, cool. so that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, but 
That was that was kind of cute. And they were like, oh, is this guy? I'm like, no, no, he's just Tony. <laughs> just Tony. Just oh, Tony. poor Tony. Not Eric. Um, Tony yeah. enjoy, enjoy himself? He had a lot of fun. Good. He was he, like, I, I had a said blast. he wasn't that into wrestling. Not at all. Like, he hasn't watched since he's like 17, but he had a blast. Yeah. And he had a blast at WrestleCon, seeing all these old guys he used to watch growing up. And Sweet. He, had a, he, had, he was like telling me about WrestleMania. He was like, this was so much fun. He's like, it was an awesome show. He's like, I even had fun at the Ring of Honor. Yeah. And he wanted to buy a shirt. So he was like, what should I get? I'm like, well, I'm like, I was trying to tell him about guides and stuff. I'm like, get an old school guy. I'm like, you get a Bullet Club shirt. You get a Young Bucks. And I was telling him about the Young Bucks. I'm like, the Young Bucks are cool because they're like family guys. He's like, well, I like family guys. He's got three kids. So he got the Super Kick Party shirt, and he was wearing that, getting too sweeted. Nice. And he was wearing the I Got Kids shirt because he does have three kids. Yeah. <laughs> people are like, I Got Kids. He's like, thank you. He's like, what do I say to that? You're supposed to say, I need this job. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. You got to let him in on the insider stuff. Yeah, I get a lot. Of, I get compliments on my shirts all the time. So yeah. he, I know these things, you know. Got the Lex Luger compliment shirt, the Young Bucks, Too Sweet, all that yeah. stuff. Lots of fun stuff, guys. Thank you for saying what's up at WrestleMania. Thank you for listening. Sorry for the bit of a hiatus, but I got back. I was sick. Eric had plans. He's a busy guy. All that. We will see you next week with Intercontinental Championship matches, I think. Eric, any other fun stuff? I'm going to start watching Intercontinental Championship matches. All right. We will see. If you change your mind, that's what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) If you're like, yeah, welcome to the show. We're going to be talking about WrestleMania 8. Nope. I'm talking about Intercontinental Championship (laughs) matches. (laughs) Maybe the one from WrestleMania 8. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.